The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 205. Who cares? We are coming off the Eagles' first preseason game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, played on Thursday night, of course. Brandon, Lee Gowton, and I are recording this on, what's today, Saturday? Saturday afternoon, after the Eagles' uh, 12th practice of training camp. Brandon Lee Gowton, of course, from BleedingGreenNation.com. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from PhillyVoice.com. Brandon, what's going on, buddy? Jimmy, I have a special guest once again. Ruben Seltzer. Oh, who's this guy? Popping in the frame. Hey. You've seen him before. Little Rube, uh, James Seltzer's dog. I am Rubes. once again uh, dog sitting for him as he is at a fish concert, I believe. <laughs> so, uh, hanging out with Rube, having a good time. A lot to talk about, though, Jimmy, because there is. <laughs> yeah, I figured, uh, or Brandon figured uh, in our little pre-recording uh, sort of show notes kind of deal. Uh, we just sort of, what we've been doing is batting it back and forth, sort of, you know, coming up with, uh, you know, things that stood out to us in each practice. So for this episode, we'll do that because we haven't recorded since the uh, preseason game that we'll do that for both the game and the practice. But before we get to that, there's a bunch of injury news uh, in the wake of the uh, the first preseason game and the Eagles came out of that game relatively unscathed. The only, uh, negative, uh, injury, uh, update is that carry on Johnson has uh, a knee injury. Uh, the, when the Eagles send out their, the Eagles send out like a daily, uh, injury report. And, um, he was sort of on it. They noted that he had his, an inj- a knee injury, but they didn't give any kind of time frame, as in like day to day, week to week, et cetera, on his return. Uh, because he's getting further evaluated. So that doesn't sound good for him, uh, especially given that he entered camp with some concerns about, I assume it's the same knee where he tore an ACL a couple years ago for the Lions. But uh, I don't know that for sure. But I, I that's just my assumption. So uh, not great for carry on. And uh, noteworthy, I think, that Jordan Howard got the start in the first preseason game. They held Miles Sanders out and uh, he got the start. Uh, over guys like Boston Scott and carry on Johnson. And I didn't think anyone expected Kenny game all to start or anything like that, but uh, noteworthy that, that Jordan Howard uh, after being uh, listed on the team's first 
unofficial depth chart uh, as the second running back. He he indeed got the start, so I think there's some legitimacy to you know him being higher up uh, as far as the team goes than sort of where we perceived it. So this is pure speculation, and I can't prove it, but I can also say that I can't not prove it that Carrion Johnson got hurt, and, he, and it could have been because he didn't have enough right to sell on craft turkey, which you can get yourself by <laughs> right. going to right to sell on.com. It's definitely what happened. BGN15 for 15% off. Uh, yeah, the carry-on thing, Jimmy, I had him off my latest 53-man roster projection that I did on Friday. So did Before I. we found out. Yeah, you did as well. Before this injury, uh, I just feel like he's kind of the odd man out there looking at that situation, and now the injury doesn't help his chances, obviously. And yeah, I think Jordan Howard is making this team. I mean, he got the start, like you said. He had some good runs early in training camp. We talked about that on here. I don't think he's like blown me away as right. on the whole. And I kind of wonder about the merit of keeping him in some respects. But uh, Nick Sirianni also went out of his way today on Saturday to give Jordan Howard praise for a really nice rep he had in pass protection. So, yeah, I think Jordan Howard is going to make this team. And I think Carrion's injury is unfortunate for him. The viewers at home got a better look at that play that Sirianni referenced uh, during the game because uh, Ross Tucker did a good job of uh, singling that out uh, during the telecast uh, I didn't get to see that block by Jordan Howard uh, in pass protection until after the game. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean, that's that's so from my perspective, like it was going to be between Jordan Howard and carry on Johnson for a roster spot. And, you know, of course, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott are going to make it. Kenny Gamewell is going to make it. And then I think if Jason Huntley makes the team, it's just because he they want to keep him because he has speed. But he has really mm-hmm. nothing to do with whether they keep. Jordan Howard or, or carry on Johnson, in my opinion. So I think it was just going to be one of those two guys. And I saw Jordan Howard get the start and uh, that was good enough for me. So like that, that's what sort of uh, uh, made me make the switch from carry on to, to uh, Jordan Howard. On the positive injury news front, uh, Devontae Smith was previously listed as week to week. He's now day to day. I don't think we'll see him this week in at least uh, during any competitive portions of uh, the Eagles joint practices with the Patriots, which are going to be on uh, Monday and Tuesday. No, excuse me. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Monday and Tuesday. Um, I don't think we'll see him in competitive portions of that. Maybe he'll be a limited participant participant at some point this week, um, just in individual drills where it's a more controlled environment. Maybe we'll see him practice fully next week. We'll see. I don't know. But I think the chances of uh, the fans being able to see him in the third preseason game against the Jets uh, certainly went up with his uh, promotion, we'll call it, to day-to-day. Yeah, uh, Devontae Smith last week, I think we had seen him for the first time off on a side field. Like I saw him doing some light jogging, and today he was actually kind of doing some running and cutting and looked pretty good. So I think that's a pretty positive step. If you go by the timeline, Jimmy, that they originally put out there, uh, you said two to three weeks, and that was on August 2nd, I believe. And so if we're looking at nine days from now would be like the full extent of that three weeks. So okay. I feel like he should be back within the next week or so. Seems to be making good progress, which is good to see. It'll be it'll be nice to see him out there on the field uh, making big plays. Thank you to the Eagles, by the way, for being honest with the injuries this year. Like last year. So it was far. Ri- it was ridiculous. Like they were just totally lying about the like Lane Johnson was a prime example of them just oh, yeah. totally flat out lying about the extent day of to day. And then he had surgery. <laughs> <laughs> and it remained day to day after the surgery. So, I mean, just r- absurd what they did last year with that. But they've been pretty honest about 
uh, and forthcoming about uh, the reality of these injuries so far, or so it seems. Uh, other uh, noteworthy injury news on the positive front is that uh, Isaac Samalo uh, practiced in full for the first time today. He had a rough day. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit, probably. And what was the third thing that we wanted to cover on the positive the side? Raven Clark, uh, right. yes. Jimmy, is now no longer on active slash pup, um, which is a surprise mm-hmm. to, I think, a lot. Of, I think almost everyone. I don't think I think we are all expecting for the most part for him to begin the season on reserve PUP, which would have caused him to miss the first six games at least, but he wouldn't have, you know, counted towards a roster spot. But I mean, it's weird to me because like he wasn't he hasn't even really been doing a lot of like rehab work on the side, right? Like, compared to like Rodney McLeod, who has been doing that. Uh, so I just it, and he had an Achilles injury in like uh, December last year. So um, it's kind of early based on all that, like just based on what we would expect. So that's why it's a surprise. But whatever, doesn't matter. He's 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 ramping up now uh, to return to practice soon, and I think that's significant, Jimmy, because like looking at my Eagles fifty three man roster projection recently. And, you know, me feeling like Andre Dillard shouldn't even be on this team. But then uh it's kind of like, well, then who is the backup left tackle? Right. They really feel like comfortable enough to have Brett Toth there. Well, now if LaRaven Park comes back and he like is healthy and he looks like at least competent and isn't a total disaster coming off this injury. I mean, I feel like he should be the backup left tackle. And there is really even a place for Andre Dillard on this team. Yeah. When I uh, when, you know, they signed LaRaven, like as soon as they signed him, I sort of had him mentally earmarked for you know, that a return after week six for as like possible reinforcement uh, mid season, if they, if they need him or not. Um, but, you know, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna start practicing, I would assume, uh, you know, right away on, on Monday when they come back uh, in this first, in this first joint practice with the Patriots to see what he can do. Because as you said, which is, I think is a good point is, you know, you want to give competition to guys like Brett Toth and, uh, I think Jack Driscoll is another guy that could maybe be in the mix for like swing tackle duty, uh, both at right tackle and left tackle. Um, and the only way that you can do that is if you get him out there and you see what he can do. So yeah, uh, if they, if they're able to trade Andre Dillard for, uh, I noted this on Twitter, uh, if they can trade him for a six round pick, just do it and never speak of him again. <laughs> just move, move on from him and get what you can get and, 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 uh, and move on. Cause I'm with you. Like I do not on merit. He does not belong to me. He does not like deserve, uh, to, to make this roster. And like, if you had no idea about where anyone was drafted, like you were an alien from a planet that also had football and you just got dropped off knowing nothing about the past of these players and you were evaluating like these, these guys, he would be one of the worst. You would think of him as one of the worst players on the team. So I don't know. Uh, interesting uh, to say the least that, that they did the timing, at least of them uh, activating uh, Raven Clark from the pup list. Yeah, there's just no way to me, like, he's one of the best 53 on the roster. And I know it's not as simple as that. You know, that's not how exactly. But, like, he's not even, like, close to that. He's not even, like, on the cusp of being one of the (laughs) best 53. Like, (laughs) I just, I can't see how, you know, Nick Sirianni is preaching competition, competition, and then you're just giving a roster spot to Andre. Like, he hasn't, what has he done to earn it? I am not seeing it. And also, like... Like, why are you keeping him around? The hope he's going to get better. Like, he's, he's he's turning 26 in October. Like, how much better is he really going to get at this point? And if you're keeping him around, like, and like, let's say uh, Irvin Clark beats him out. So not only is he costing you, like, a roster spot, which is, like, and, and also now that he's hurt, too, and he's week to week, um, like, you have to carry him through again, as, like, you've talked about, if you if you even wanted to put him on IR. So you're, like, you're burning a roster spot on him by keeping him. You're uh, not 
clearing the 1.62 million you would get mm-hmm. by in cap space by trading him and you're not getting a draft pick like i just rather have all that spot like roster spot cap space and draft pick by getting rid of him i'm just i am i you can't always just say like hold on to these players they just need time they just need time sometimes there's times to cut bait and get what you can and that's the best move it's not always the best move to just hold on to where their point gets to zero and then you're cutting them like that that is not always the best case scenario to me he can't anchor and it's a fatal flaw and um Personally, I think he's taken a step backwards, if possible, if that's even possible, in terms of his inability to anchor against power rushes. That, from what we saw of him, uh, you know, earlier in camp during one on ones, eleven on eleven, so on and so forth, like he just has not been able to anchor against anyone, and uh, it's gotten worse. So he's in his third year. Like it's, I've seen, I <laughs> like I've seen enough. Yeah. I'm I'm all for being patient and letting players grow, but uh, at this point, like he's shown less. Than like JJ Ortega Whiteside, for example, which is uh, you know, not exactly a high bar. So uh let's uh transition to our our observations, both in the uh in the first preseason game against the Steelers and what we saw today in practice. What's your first thing? So I think we had to start with Jalen Hurts, who I thought looked pretty solid, pretty good. Good, I would say, even in uh in the first preseason game against the Steelers, he had that really nice throw to Gal- Dallas mm-hmm. Goddard that we all saw. Um, I, what I really liked about that throw specifically is he threw the ball with anticipation, which I don't think we've yep. seen enough regularly in training camp. And then the accuracy was there too. Just general like presence and command of the offense seemed to be in control. There wasn't any kind of like herky jerky or like or like kind of like um just any kind of erratic the nature to the offense. Just like smooth cut calm comfortable uh, in control so all that was good obviously he did miss the throw to quez watkins deep down the field which is significant and i know sirianni has kind of talked about how that's not all on hurts or there's quez too but i mean i don't know the throw was inside it was missed it could have well been i don't a- think he knocked quez at all for that it, okay he, he just kind of said like the the corner got a little piece of him as he was starting to separate mm-hmm. Um, that's not a good enough excuse for me. Like I, I thought not only it was the ball a little bit overthrown, but it was also thrown too far to the inside. Yeah. Like one thing Sirianni credited Quez for was leaving a, a ample room between himself and the sideline while also beating the, the coverage to the, like on an outside release. So he did a great job on that route. Like it was a great route and he got separation and uh, with a better throw, you know, that's a 98 yard touchdown. And uh, by the way, like on that throw, Sirianni said after the game, that it, they only had the Steelers only had 10 guys on the field and they sent six, uh, mm-hmm. which the Eagles blocked up like perfectly. They picked, they picked up that blitz beautifully at a perfectly clean pocket to throw from. And they only had four guys uh, back in coverage and uh, the throw was there to be made. And, and it just wasn't made. And, you know, I'm with you. Like, I, I think he was, he was, I think he was up and down, but I think he was more up than down. Like I was more mm-hmm. encouraged by the, the, by the good things that he showed uh, than, than I was on, you know, that one negative throw. Uh, but yeah, so like I, I would say that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily give him a gold star for that game, but uh, I would say that it was a, a, a step in, in the right direction. And um, I agree with Nick Sirianni, by the way, when he said that the first and second teams uh, looked crisp uh, in mm-hmm. the first half. Uh, of course, he knocked like we all saw, like if you didn't turn the game off and you watch the entirety of the second half, like it was, <laughs> it was pretty brutal. And uh, yeah. he used the word sloppy. Uh, which uh, which which is putting it kindly to describe the play of the uh, third teamers, both offensively and defensively in the second half. I didn't really think Hertz looked too good in practice on Saturday, though, Jimmy. 
Uh, I had him down here for a lot more negatives than positives. Mm-hmm. I saw you describe him as up and down in your notes, mm-hmm. but I would say there was kind of more down. There was some up, but I think the down kind of outweighed the up today where just like he threw, I thought he threw too late on that curl route to Dallas Goddard, which allowed like Slay to break on it and knock it down. Mm, right. Yes. Um, he threw like wide of Goddard at one point in the red zone series. He also threw wide of Travis Fulgham at one point. They overthrew Fulgham Way in like Carson Fulgham's Wentz head. fashion. Yeah. yeah <laughs> yes, I wrote yeah. in my notes like a Wentzian overthrow. Uh, <laughs> He overthrew Jalen Rager also way deep, which is weird because yeah, he missed that one by a mile, which is weird because, like, again, we've talked about how, like, that's one of the areas we have confidence in Jalen Hurts on the deep ball. And yes. I think he more often than not, he has shown good touch there and has like deserves the benefit of the doubt as that being a good thing about him. But between that overthrow and then the quiz thing, like, I'm not like majorly concerned all of a sudden, but I'm kind of filing that away and being like, well, the thing you're best at, you, you kind of haven't been doing that recently. So, uh, yeah, I didn't think it was the best practice for Hertz today. Yeah, he did. To, just to balance it out, he did have some nice throws, though, too. Like, he hit Quez on a slant. Uh, the ball yes. placement on that was good. It allowed Quez to, you know, get some yards after the catch. He hit mm-hmm. JJ over the middle. He hit uh, Fogelm, I think, over the middle at one yes. point on, on a couple of nice throws. So it wasn't all bad, but uh, I'm with you. Like, I think there was probably a little more down than, than there was up. And speaking of Quez, we should probably get to him too, because mm-hmm. like, you know, he's been the star of camp. I, you know, took, I did my, you know, Eagles up down uh, media poll uh, each year. And this year uh, I tallied the votes for 25 different writers and he got seven of the stock up votes, which was the most of anyone on the team. And uh, he showed it in the first preseason game when he was clearly the star of the game where, um, uh, you know, he got open on the aforementioned play that could have been a 90 yard, 98 yard touchdown. And then as everyone saw, like he took that screen and just the speed and, ex- and acceleration uh, that he possesses. It's exciting. He's, you know, he ran a four, three, five at the combine, which um, I know it was second in terms of the wide receivers that came out that year behind only Henry Ruggs. I don't, I don't know if it was the second high, you know, best time all the players that competed at the combine. I don't, I don't know, but it was the second fastest uh, receiver time uh, at that combine. But obviously he's got a lot of speed. Uh, as you saw, poor number 21 on the Steelers. Like mm. <laughs> that, like that guy had an angle uh, and he just nope. got, he no, ch- like he didn't even have a chance. He didn't even like ba- barely even breathed on him. And Quez just gone. Like, so uh, his, his, his explosiveness is, uh, is exciting. And when you combine that with, um, you know, what, what you and I have seen during practice each day, that his route running uh, looks pretty good as well. And uh, I, I think he's a guy that, that um, you know, could realistically push uh, for a starting job if he continues to play the way that he has uh, up until now. Like if he continues to play for, for the next you know few weeks during the preseason games and during these joint practices, if he continues to, to keep that up, then it's going to be hard to keep him out of the starting lineup. So he was in the starting lineup today in he, terms of and, the Eagles. And he, he, was, he was in the preseason game too. Yeah, the Eagles started uh, uh, 11 on 11s in 12 personnel, and it was Quez and Fulgham as the two wide receivers out there. So, and then, as you said, uh, Quez did catch the slant for a first down on that play. Um, Jimmy, Quez Watkins to me is like the second best receiver on this team right now. Like, he just is based on what we've seen. Um, I mean, I'm giving Devontae Smith the Well, he's the best receiver because we haven't seen Devontae yet, but we both assume that Devontae is going to be better. (laughs) I have a level of confidence in him that he will be. But I mean, either, either way, like first or second, like, I just think it's, it's clear to me that like Quez is a more inspiring option by far than Jalen Rager at this point. And 
that doesn't necessarily mean a ton in that like if you're playing three receivers anyway a lot i think it should be uh quez and Devonte on the outside although you're going to mix and match you know some of these guys especially Devonte. um but i think th- those should be your outside guys and i guess rager is the slot guy um so i think that's what it should be right now do you disagree with that <laughs> So Rager, like I, during the game, I, you know, some it was pointed out by a few people that he ran a good route uh, on on the outbreaking route, and I agree it was fine. Like he got open, yeah. made a catch, uh, had the drop. I think he was fortunate not to be called for a hold on yes. the uh, on the on the long screen that went for a touchdown by Quez. Uh, but yeah, certainly Quez has outplayed him. Like I don't think there's any there's any question about it. Yeah, uh, both in the preseason game and and throughout you know training camp. Um, you know, obviously they have that first round pick tied to Jalen Rager and Jalen Rager absolutely does possess explosiveness in his own right. Um, he was also out there as the primary uh, punt returner, but, um, you know, he, he was behind Quez in, in the game. So like he came in, he didn't start, whereas Quez did. Uh, I don't know if that means that Quez will start over him. So if they're like in 11, it's possible yeah. that the, that the top three guys are going to be Devante, Fulgham, and then uh, Rager in the slot and Quez just, you know, has to kind of wait his turn, which would be disappointing in my opinion. It's not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he deserves a, a, a better, you know, a bigger role than, than that, at least to start the season, you know, but um, yeah, I, I think that the criticism is, is of, uh, of Jalen Rager is warranted because I mean, not to go down this road again, but like he, was a major disappointment in his rookie season. And he even said like, he's, you know, kind of tired of hearing the name Justin Jefferson and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's great. Like you, you kind of, you know, you, you want him to be fired up and, and ready for the next season, but he came into camp and he failed a conditioning test. So like you can't do that. If you're, first of all, if you're just a wide receiver at all, but especially if you're one that's, that's looking to put a disappointing season behind you and you've heard the criticisms of people uh, and the disappointment in, in the season that you had and people lamenting that they took a better receiver. Uh, they took, they took you rather over a better receiver. So yeah, I mean, it, we, we better, I, I think uh, he's got a chance uh, in the next, you know, in these joint practices against Patriots and Jets to, mm-hmm. to make some plays and, um, yeah, I mean, the, the Eagles really need him to be good because if he can be good and they have Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins takes that step and suddenly you don't need a receiver anymore in the draft. And that would be huge for them if they can sort of focus their attention on other positional groups. I know it's way too early to think about this in terms of like the future of the team, but like nothing I've seen from Jalen Rager makes me think he's like a, a player worth paying on a second contract, at least like a bit, you know, like a big second contract. If you're talking about like a one year deal or something, you know. Like, but like, you know, you're not, you're not paying like, like market value for that kind of player. At least the one that we've seen so far. And maybe that'll change. I think there should be a wide receiver rotation here, really. Like, you know, I think because Travis Fulgham deserves to be on the field at times. Mm -hmm. I I think it'd be very disappointing if Rager is just like automatically starting and like never leaves the field. Like he should, there should be a rotation here. Quez needs to be playing at this rate. Like he has to be, he has to be on the field. Like you're you're not maximizing your offense if he's not on the field for a good percentage of the time. Well, if you Um, have have Devante, Rager and Quez on the field. I mean, you got three small receivers, so yeah, but there's a lot of speed. So you, right, and right, and I'm not necessarily like opposed to that. Like you look at like uh, and Devontae this, plays bigger than he is, I would argue. But yeah, this is before your time. But back in the day, Washington had three guys like Art Monk, uh, Ricky Sanders, and uh, who's the other guy? Satsmo uh, Jones. Uh, Art Monk, Ricky Sanders. 
Ah, I can picture him. I can't think of his name. Whatever, it doesn't matter. But they they won Super Bowl. They won Super Bowls with uh, these three shrimpy receivers. So it can mm. be done. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat, if you will. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Fulgham certainly will will serve his purpose as sort of the big receiver uh, in that group. But I'm with you. Like Quez has to play. He's 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 proven and he's earned the right uh, to to get some like serious opportunities when the season begins. Do you like shrimp? Uh sometimes so like i i'm not like a shrimp cocktail guy but uh like you know you you grill it up with like barbecue style or with garlic or something like that then yeah i like it that way because you've brought up you know shrimpy wider receivers, shrimpy <laughs> yes. safety side so you always have shrimp on the i'm not the biggest seafood guy jimmy <laughs> uh i don't never like it i like, like a catfish sometimes a catfish po' boy especially okay. I've been getting into sword, uh, is it swordfish. Yeah, swordfish recently uh, this year had some really good swordfish. Um, but yeah, in general, not lobster? the biggest seafood guy. Can't like I, I've had so that my thing with lobster and steak really is like people actually don't like lobster and steak. They just like butter because everyone just <laughs> wants to put a crap ton of butter on, uh, on steak, steak and lobster. No. Yeah, yes of course. Yes of course. Well, to like lobster for sure, you want that drawn butter on the side. Yeah, yeah, but people do that with steak too in terms of prep, not like you know when you're eating it, but like like the prep, you know how you prep a steak. There's like a lot of butter that goes into it, which makes it good. So <laughs> okay. whatever. Um, not the biggest seafood guy, but I like some things, and especially like if you're at the beach too, like you're at LBI as we. Uh, obligatory LBI reference on the podcast. But uh, Jimmy, why don't we take a break here mm-hmm. before we get into some more observations. And before we do that, let me tell you really quickly about something I do like when it comes to food, and that's Rights of Spelling Craft Jerky, which is just a really high-quality meat snack that is served at the Novacare Complex. It's the meat snack that the Eagles eat. Uh, so if it's good enough for them, has to be good enough for you too. You can help support this podcast you're listening to now, which is free and a local business as well by going to righteousfelon.com using discount code BGN15. That's BGN15 for 15% off your order. And Hey, you know what? I'm watching Ruben Seltzer, James's dog. I bet you Rube would love some snacks from wildnaturepet.com, which are the best dog treats you can get. And you can get them by going to wildnaturepet.com using discount code BGN15. It's the same discount code that I told you before. Jimmy. And who, uh, sorry, who who only played well because they ate the uh, Regis Fallon? Well, no, I, 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 there's a theory and it's not proven. And I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. It's wild speculation that Carrion Johnson, Car- uh, you know, may, he maybe didn't. he wouldn't have gotten hurt. If oh, you know he, he has more righteous fun, I, I can't. Maybe it wouldn't have made a difference at all, but we don't know. All right, back after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge—that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year 
at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back here on BGN Radio. And Jimmy, what's your next observation? Ooh, uh, I was unprepared. I probably should have... Uh, or is it my turn? I think because you brought up Quest, so maybe it's my turn. <laughs> oh, that's turn. right. It is your turn. Uh, I'm going to say Javon Hargrave, who I saw you mention this in your notes as well. Yes. Uh, and he had a really good um, game in the preseason mm-hmm. the other night against the Steelers. He uh, what he he got a he got he a quarterback the, hit. He killed the left the left guard at one point. I think it was. I, I know he forced a, a negative play of some sort, but he just dominated this left guard of the Steelers. He forced a short completion by Mason Rudolph by getting a hit on him, and then I think I believe on the play that Anthony Harris kind of had that tackle. And there was a, it was just like incompletion. He did pressure Rudolph. I don't know if he hit okay. him, but he like got up, like he kind of knocked him off his spot a little bit there too, which could have led to an inaccurate throw. So Javon Hargrave has been great. Um, that's a signing that uh, I definitely criticized last year. Not necessarily in terms because I thought he was a bad player, but just I like, kind of questioned the use of resources you're spending on all this, you know, these interior defensive linemen and everything. Because you know, mind you, at the time the Eagles still had Malik Jackson on the mm-hmm. roster, they're paying big money too. But uh, regardless of that. I mean, Javon Hargrave is just like, he's looking really dominant. He's consistently getting into the backfield. A lot of interior disruption. Like the, the summer he's having makes me believe like, it's not crazy to say he could top his career high for sacks, which is actually 6.5. Like, oh, it's 6.5. Okay. Yeah. So, so, I mean, that's not like saying a ton because you get to seven. That's like not amazing, but like, you know, for an interior guy, it's still pretty good. And I think he's going to have a really big year. He played well down the stretch last year, which also gives yep. me uh, some hope uh, for his season in 2021. Uh, got off to a slow start. Didn't play at all in training camp. Like he had two different injuries. Uh, one of them was a hamstring. One of them was something else. Uh, so, you know, he was hampered by all that. Um, not to make excuses for him, but um, that's, I mean, last year we also saw Malik Jackson have a good training camp. And then, you know, he was okay, I guess, during the regular season, but uh, wasn't a standout. But yeah, I, I really liked what I've seen of Hargrave and he killed uh, Isaac Sayamalo today on mm. a few different plays. Um, and I mean, as, as long as we're on the defensive tackles, uh, I'll just transition right into Milton Williams, who also like looked really good in that first preseason game, especially on the one pass rush where uh, he was the left defensive end and uh, he had a nice inside pass rush. I believe it was on Joe Haig. Yep. Formerly of the Buccaneers and the Colts and North Dakota State. And I uh, smoked him. And uh, the guard, I, be- I believe the guard was forced to come off of the uh, uh, force off to come off, come off a double uh, on Ty McGill to try to get a piece of Milton Williams. Milton Williams still got a piece of uh, the quarterback. I believe that was still Mason Rudolph at that point. Uh, Ty McGill uh, then only had a single team was able to push his guy back into the pocket, and they sort of combined, I guess, sort of for the sack. I think yeah. McGill got full credit for it. But they, I would say they combined for it. But uh, Milton Williams has done a lot of that uh, throughout the camp where he just, I mean, we all saw his spider chart as soon as he got drafted. <laughs> like, that's what he was known for coming. Like, he was sort of an unknown guy uh, leading up to the draft. And, like, you know, after a really uh, impressive performance uh, at the combine, like, he just, like, his athleticism is off the charts. And he's got a really first quick step and he's strong and uh, he's quick and fast. And I think he's going to make plays as a rookie. Like, I don't think this is a guy. Like, I was wondering if, like, Marlon Tui Pelotu would 
get more snaps than him this season because my my thinking was just sort of that like it's easier to just be like a, a run stuffer like there's like mm-hmm. it's it's an easier transition from college to the pros if you're just that Tui Pelotu has stunk like yeah. both in camp and in that game he got pushed around like there's no question that Milton Williams is way 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 ahead of him but uh, I think Milton Williams has a chance to to contribute like right away in his rookie season and I've been very impressed with with um you know his ability and just his raw talent I think you took the uh I think you took Mr. T in our over under, you know, prediction post that we did oh, every did year I? as more snaps than Milton Williams. <laughs> oh, that's a loss already. <laughs> I, I don't think Mr. T is making the team. So I don't uh, think he is either, yeah. Yeah. I mean maybe practice squad, sure, but or maybe, but we'll see. Uh yeah. I thought Milton Williams showed good signs. I mean he was like Jimmy. He was the highest draft pick on the field by the Eagles on, on Thursday night, you know, because no Devante and no Landon Dickerson. Oh, right, so, uh, yeah. you know, so kind of some added juice there, you know, the highest draft that, pick that, yeah. yeah, that's even playing. Um, Tyree Jackson is my next one. And it's been obvious to us watching practice, but I think yeah. people got to see it, you know, finally for the first time in preseason or, you know, maybe attending the open practice too at the link uh, last week. I mean, he needs to be on the team. Like, it's very clear that, like, you're not going to risk losing that guy on waivers. He should be, I guess, your third tight end. I mean, I don't know what the Eagles are doing with Zach Ertz still. I guess we don't know. We think they're going to not have him, but we'll see. Um, Yeah, not much to say other than, like, well, I guess what I'll say is it's so interesting to me how quickly he's converted from, you know, a quarterback to a tight end and how much trust like Joe Flacco like already Favorite has target. In him. like that's yeah <laughs> yes. it's, it's crazy like it's, it's that's crazy to think about like that's his go-to guy this guy who didn't even play the position uh since like I think he transitioned like in January or something or he said like last fall last December or something that like, he started to finally wor- like work on the transition so it's wild and uh and, and it's exciting I think he you know this year I'm not expecting you know big things out of him because you have Dallas Goddard here but uh, eventually, I think he could be like a nice option as like a tight end kind of too. It took Logan Thomas a while to become yeah. uh, like a, a usable tight end um, when he transitioned from quarterback to tight end. And they're very similar. Those two guys. Logan Thomas was a quarterback for Virginia Tech. Uh, couldn't make it in the NFL as a quarterback transition to tight end. And now he's like one of the better tight ends in the NFL. Uh, had a big season last year for Washington. And, um, you know, that's sort of the, uh, I don't want to call it the ceiling for Tyree Jackson, but that's what, that's what the Eagles are hoping Tyree Jackson can, yeah. can maybe be. Um, so yeah, it, uh, as you know, as we have seen throughout camp, um, you know, he's been making plays. I actually, you know, I, he only had like two catches on five targets, but uh, you can still see, you know, what we've been seeing out of him, just that he's huge. Uh, he's he's comfortable catching the football. Um, I've been very surprised by his hands uh, throughout camp. You know, you wouldn't mm-hmm. expect him to be a secure catcher uh, as as you know he you know, converted quarterback is. So uh, yeah, I, I think that's a good one to note as well. If you're talking about like the alien thing, uh, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. like you. No one would know that Tyree Jackson played quarterback right. other than maybe if you watch him like throw the ball back and warm ups, he does throw a pretty nice ball for a skill player. But like you just you wouldn't even know. Uh, what's your next thing? Kenny Gainwell, I thought, mm. had uh, made a nice, did a few nice things in the game. And uh, also more recently in practice, I think he's shown th- some things like he, he got off to a slow start. Like, like I was kind of down on him like early in camp, uh, especially yeah. considering like uh, like he was like one of my favorite prospects coming out this year. He's a very fun player to watch. Uh, out of Memphis, both in terms of his ability running with the football and catching it out of the backfield. So um, I wonder how much COVID, being a COVID opt-out rather, uh, in 2020 
affected him because he missed the entire season because he opted out because he had like four family members that that died of COVID. So, um, you know, he comes back and, you know, rookies can be rusty too. Like that's not just something that's (laughs) that like happens to veterans. Uh, He probably was experiencing some rust and and maybe as a result got out to a slow start in training camp, but he's picked it up a little bit lately, had a bunch of catches in practice today, uh, did some nice things. Like I mentioned in the game, he had a nice broken tackle. Uh, Nick Sirianni spoke uh, about him a little bit at length, uh, both in terms of the tackle that he broke. And uh, I didn't notice this, but he was impressed by, you know, one of his uh, plays in pass protection. Um, more specifically, he chipped a guy yeah. coming out of the backfield. And uh, the way that Sirianni kind of stated, he was like, he was like, ooh, that hurt that guy. <laughs> like, and he didn't come as hard uh, off the edge the next time. So um, he impressed uh, Nick Sirianni. And, and he's been better in, in camp uh, more recently. Like, I, I started to think of him as a guy who's clearly going to make the roster, but maybe not uh you know a big contributor or contributor really at all uh in his rookie season but now i think uh he's got a chance uh to contribute in the regular offense and and maybe at some point as he continues to get better and better and better like take snaps away from from Boston Scott because they mm-hmm. kind of serve sort of the same purpose or the same role or whatever uh but uh, i think it's he's sort of had an upward tra- trajectory like over the last week or so yeah, the game was good. I still want to see more from him. I, you know, I like his long-term outlook yep. here. I still think Scott is clearly ahead of him for now. Like, I don't think that. I mean, again, that could change over the course of the season, but I'm not expecting that week one. I also want to see him do it against starters. You know, instead of just backups. You know, I want to see you know have him have, see that success here. But speaking of running backs, Jimmy, this kind of dovetails into my next thing, which I feel like Jason Huntley has to be on this team. They have to keep him. I know, like, the rusting production wasn't great in, t- in terms of his box score. You only had, like, what, 3.8 yards per carry. But, I mean, I know it was holding on the play, but you still, you saw that speed when he gets to the edge. And he had, what, like, a 34 yard kick return? He looks good best, as a kick returner. Yeah. He's their best kick returner. Like, I know that doesn't have as much value in today's NFL as it used to, because, you know, kick returns have kind of been neutered to some extent. It, it should, though, because I'm sorry to cut you off, but I'll make a quick point here. Like, last yeah, year. Team like opposing uh, teams were just they were like the Eagles used yeah. to do this too when they, when the Eagles didn't respect the opposing team's kick returner they would lob it out and they try to kick it inside like the five and they would mm-hmm. force the returner to to you know return the ball and you know if you're confident that you're gonna you know not only tackle like, if you're confident you're gonna tackle them like before they get to the twenty five then you do that because you also might get get like a block in the back or a holding penalty and now you're starting like potentially inside your own ten so like I think the Eagles had like a lot of those situations last year where they're like after a kickoff return they just they're in like bad field position so you have to have a guy that that can at least force the opposing team to try to get a a touchback and i think that huntley can maybe do that for this team yeah i'd like to see there's value in that yeah i'd like to see him kept around uh the other thing i wanted to note on the running back note is you know i kind of did winners losers and i don't know after the game Bleeding Green Nation, and I put Miles Sanders in my winners, Jimmy, because he didn't have to play in a preseason <laughs> game, right? Which is a personal win for him, but also because I think that seems to signal to me that like they really are going to ride him this year. Not that that is a huge shock, but I think for a team that is very much wants to be like very heavily passing team, I think that could be a little bit different this year, and I, I think they are going to try to really ride Miles Sanders a lot. Were you surprised at all that uh, Brandon Brooks played and like a guy like Sanders didn't? 
No, because I don't know if you were in on Brooks when he spoke after practice early in camp, but he he talked about like you know he he thought there was a little bit of value in getting out there for mm-hmm. just because he hasn't played since December 2019, which is crazy to say. But you know it's been so long that yeah. and he only played for like what one series. Two, two, he was, come back well, in. did he? Yeah, did he? He only played one series. Okay, I don't even think he came the, back. The in. first teamers only played two. Yeah, first team defense only played one. Right. So yeah, okay. So yeah, he. I think he said there was. You know, he wanted to get out there a tiny bit just to you know get his feet wet. I guess. But uh, what's your next thing? So uh, I wanted to touch on Zach McPherson quickly because hmm. I think DMP. Uh, I think we saw sort of the negative to his game uh, uh. during the game where so like we we've praised him all throughout camp for being a physical player and um, you know being aggressive at the line of scrimmage and and uh, even at times throughout the route. But uh, he got called in the end zone for uh, I guess it was, was I guess it was pass interference. Could have either been a pass interference or a hold. Take take your pick. They called him for a pass interference. He's getting a little handsy. So I think that's sort of going to be the area that um, he's going to have to improve over time. Um, I think it's fine. That I'd rather have a guy. I'd rather have a rookie come in and be aggressive and have to pull back a little bit than to have a guy that's passive and you're trying to coax more aggressiveness out of him. So I think, you know, he's like right where they want him to be uh, in that regard. But um, in practice today, he had a really nice pass breakup where it was a throw to the sideline. I think they might, they were either in cover four or cover two, but they're in, they were in some kind of zone and uh, he had his, you know, he just, his face to the football and he went way up. And mm-hmm. uh, got a piece of the ball, and uh, I remember like it was. He got up so high, I was like, "Oh yeah, I, I vaguely recall him having, you know, very good measurables." Like the, his forty time was just okay, but I vaguely remember his like other measurables, like broad jump, vertical jump, that kind of stuff, being good. And I looked it up, and sure enough, ninety uh, second percentile uh, among mm-hmm. cornerbacks in vertical jump with a forty and a half inch vertical jump. So he's got like explosive ability too. Uh, in addition to, you know, just sort of like we, we've, we've praised him throughout camp for just n- knowing how to play. Like he's been in the right spot. Um, you know, he's, like we, like we said, he's been aggressive. He can hit. He's like, he's a football player. But, uh, in addition to that, he's also like, he's, he's pretty gifted athletically. And I don't think we've touched on that, uh, quite enough, uh, during training camp, but he showed that today and, and with that pass breakup. Yeah. It was a Flacco throw to JJ Ortega Whiteside. Um, and he, I think Flacco tried to put it up a little bit higher, too, to kind of give J.J. that leaping uh, contested yes. catch kind of chance. And Zach McPherson just didn't even allow it to happen. Really good pass breakup by him. So uh, encouraged. Uh, I know, yeah, he had that penalty in the game, but that really didn't, like, make me feel negatively about him at all. I think it's like you kind of said, like, this is exactly where he realistically should be. Like, like the, the realistic expectation isn't he plays so way so well that he's like <laughs> right. taking over for Steven Nelson like all of a sudden yeah. like the expectation is he is he has a good summer he's on the bench and then maybe if if he has to play if there's an injury in the regular season then you're gonna see some good things and maybe you know some rookie mistakes as yeah. well so uh so yeah I and mean, he's right on track uh I will stick in the secondary Jimmy because my next observation a Bow Wolf favorite I was, is, I, was uh, I was debating to go with McPherson or or Elijah Riley on, on, on so Eliza Riley who I thought had some bad moments early on in camp i remember him getting like cooked by dallas goddard a couple times Mm -hmm. and you know dallas goddard's a pretty good player so that's not the worst thing in the world but uh didn't think he had the strongest start to camp and kind of wondered if he'd fade but i mean now uh he had a nice special teams tackle in addition to his pick uh against the steelers uh i think he needs to be on this team honestly 
because you look at their safety situation and Ryan McLeod is still on the pup list as of today, August 14th. And even if he's ready for the season and doesn't have to be, you know, on the pup in week one, or if he does, or if he misses a week or two, like he's still coming off this injury and Kayvon Wallace is going to be out for some amount of time. He's week to week. So that really only leaves you with uh, two healthy safeties if you're keeping four. And I think you kind of have to keep that fifth there. And I think Elijah, Elijah Riley makes sense to keep as a guy who can play special teams and has shown a little bit on defense as well. Eagle safeties have traditionally played special teams. And by safeties, I mean even starting safety. So Rodney's played uh, on special teams. Malcolm Jenkins uh, even was, a, was yeah. sort of like a core special teamer, which is crazy. Um, I don't think Rodney McLeod is going to be a special teamer this year. Like he, you know, he's, he's had two ACL tears be. in the last three years. So I don't think you can have him out there during special teams. So uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's an opening there and uh, he Riley has been, you know, heavily featured. Uh, he's been a core special teamer all throughout camp. And, uh, and he, I believe he was during the game on Thursday as well. So yeah, I had him on my, my last uh, 53 man roster. Um, almost begrudgingly because, uh, because Bo is going to crow about him all season long if if he makes the team and, and plays well. So, but uh, but yeah, so I I think he's uh, he's had a, a, a decent enough camp, uh, more, especially more recently. And uh, obviously that interception in the game was really like the only highlight from like the third teamers, either offensively yeah. or defensively in that second half. So uh, you know, good for him to to. You know, for people that's that stuck around and uh, and and watched the second half, at least they had that. Let's take another break here, Jimmy, but not before we hear about Kristen Roach from Roach Realtors. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. She's the greatest. Eight five six nine oh six nine two nine Back here on BGN Radio for our final segment. It's a it's a two break episode, Jimmy. It's like one of our normal episodes as opposed to all the you know the, the shorter training camp updates we've been doing. Um uh, my last thing, I guess, that I had here is uh, I'm going to cheat and maybe steal some of yours okay. and loop them into one thing. And it's special teams. And by that, I mean Jake Elliott. Oh, yeah. Jake uh, had a big game. Makes from 47, 47, and 50 yards. His field goals uh, did not miss extra point. So if you take his entirety of kicks, not just, you know, field goals, but like, you know, extra points, if you're all kicks he's attempted basically. Uh, since the beginning of training camp, he is now 18 of 20. I have him up to there. He only missed those two on the first day of camp. Since then, he has rebounded, which is really good to see. And then Aaron Sipos, your boy, Jimmy, the punter, I mean, averaged 55 point something yards uh, per punt. Now, obviously, yep. there was a there was a 69 yarder in there, which is nice, although, you know, ideally it wouldn't have gone <laughs> for a touchback. Um, but still, I think like well, it's still he didn't 49 do any- net, which is fine. Yeah. Uh yeah he's it's it's he's doing good so uh yeah there you go you have your kicker and you have your punter and they're doing well and uh, my last thing will be on uh, the idea that um I think people were discouraged that the coaching staff didn't show like a lot of different things in this game which 
really? <laughs> like, mm. like I, people were maybe upset that like the offense ran a lot of you know vanilla plays. Of course they did. Like it's a new staff, and one of the advantages they have, and they Nick Spiriani has actually spoken freely about this. He feels that they have an advantage in that you know the the their early season opponents aren't certain what to expect from this offense and this defense uh as you know the schematic because neither you know Nick Sirianni's never been head coach before um Jonathan no Gannon's never before. been Jonathan Gannon's never been a defensive coordinator before so yeah there is some level of mystery on I think you know you know we kind of knew that he was going to run some variation or there was going to be heavily influenced uh, by, by Mike Zimmer and the, the kind of defense that Jonathan Gannon's going to run. Uh, and, you know, I think we kind of have ideas on you know, some things that Nick Sirianni will want to do offensively, but ultimately we don't know, like we don't know for sure what, what they're going to run. And we've been watching practice for the last you know two weeks. So uh, yeah, I think um, to give away any kind of, you know, uh, sort of idea of what, what, what they're going to be doing during the regular season would be stupid. And uh, I also kind of like the idea of keeping it vanilla because you can see like who can play and who can't like, it's, it's very just cut and dry. Like who's making plays, who isn't, who's giving up big plays, who isn't. And uh, you know, I think we saw uh, like as Sirianni mentioned the the first and second team uh, offense and defense look crisp in the first half and the third team looks sloppy. So uh, I think, you know, the guys, some guys, you know, made the best of their opportunities in this vanilla and offense and defense, and some didn't. Uh, and I think that you're not going to see, you know, anything all that uh, all, all that spicy in preseason games two or three either. And again, it'd be stupid for them to give anything away. Yeah, I'm pretty on the same page with you with that. Um, so any final things before we get into our MVP, LVP play of the day, Timmy? Well, we have off uh, tomorrow, sort of semi. Well, I'm going to get into that later. Okay. Gonna, All I'm right. saving that for the wrap up, the look ahead. But uh, <laughs> not the SB Nation NFL shows, look ahead. But uh, Jimmy, who is your oh, you MVP? Know what I, you know what I will note real quick? Okay. Because, um, you know, part of what we're going to be paying attention to throughout the season are the Indianapolis Colts and the Miami Dolphins. Did you happen to, like, so we, we're, we're recording this podcast, like, while the Dolphins are playing the Bears. PM. So yeah. the, the Dolphins are playing the Bears right now. Um, Tua's probably out of the game by now. But did you catch any of Tua? I didn't see it, but I saw some things that were like saying that he didn't look great. Well, so I saw a lot of things where it said he like was looking great. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? And then <laughs> and I was like, oh, I forgot that the, that he was playing. And um one of the one of the examples of one of the, you know, things that made him look great. Like he threw, as you would put it, a YOLO ball. Uh, yeah. to Mac Hollins that he shouldn't have thrown. <laughs> it was on like third and eight and he completed it. And everyone was like, Oh, to a window throw, throwing darts out there. No, he did a terrible, like a terrible decision <laughs> making that throw. Uh, but he completed, he completed it. And then uh, he had another, you know, sort of yellow throw in the red zone. And that one got picked. So I saw, I happened mm. to see that one live, but uh, interesting to, to kind of get a look at, uh, at the Dolphins and uh, uh, Justin Fields, of course, made his debut mm. uh, for, for the Bears, too, for, you know, Eagles fans lamenting the, um, you know, the idea that they passed on him when they had an opportunity to take him, you know, either at six uh, or if they after they traded back to 12 or even after they yeah. traded up to 10. Uh, but he, he's playing his first game ever today. But so that was kind of a fun preseason to watch preseason game to watch. And uh, I was not 
uh, it, among the people that were impressed from what they saw of Tua. The Eagles really need, like, they would really benefit from Tua Tagovailoa being a bad player this year. Yeah, I'm not a Tua guy. I just, I really don't see it. Um, and then as for Fields, another angle to consider there, not only the Eagles passing on him, Jimmy, but the Giants having the Bears first round pick next year. Oh, and, right. Uh, yeah. Ugh, Fields is pretty bad. And the Giants get like a really good pick. And, you know, obviously could be ahead of the Eagles in the draft order, but also just potentially a more valuable pick to trade for a veteran if they're in yeah. the market for Watson or Russell Wilson or whoever is out there next Aaron season. Rogers, so, yeah. yeah, Aaron. So, oh my God. <laughs> Man, that would not be great. Um, uh, so, Jimmy, let's get to our MVPs, LVPs. I'll start us off and play okay. the day. Um, I'm going to go with Javon Hargrave. I talked about him earlier, so I'm not going to get into it again, but I haven't had him. I don't know if he's even been on this list at all on camp, and that's kind of uh, not right. Like, that's kind of almost a mistake by us. Yes. Or at the I, haven't mentioned, I, bar- I barely now. mentioned him at all in my practice notes, and and I even said in my practice notes, like, it's not – like, I, I – sort of gave myself a, a slap on the wrist for not mentioning him enough well if he was good last year it would be the kind of camp like if he was having this year that he shouldn't be mentioned like the fletcher cox thing like he was just really good you're not it's not really yeah it should be expected but because he wasn't last year uh definitely relevant so who's your mvp yeah i had uh javon hargrave javon hargrave as well okay uh, and and my lvp um which may be unfair because, again, it was his first practice, but he was the guy that was getting torn apart by Javon Hargrave today, Isaac Sayamalo. Hmm. Okay. Unfair, again, because it was his first practice, but uh, I don't know. I prefer to see a little <laughs> better performance out of him today. Uh, I wrote that down for you. I have – It's. <laughs> I feel bad for doing this because I think there's a good chance uh, – actually, I don't know, though, because of the injuries to carry on and – uh and uh, Jason Huntley, but I have Elijah Holyfield down as my LVP because oh, he dropped yeah, two right. passes and he hasn't been getting a lot of like, team reps at all because of the running back, the numbers they have there. And he finally did today. And I feel bad because he dropped two passes. And again, uh, he could be in danger of getting cut very soon. So Eagles like have to very, get down uh, to 85 by Tuesday. So August yes. 17th, they have to be down mm-hmm. to 85 players. So that they got to cut well, right now. They're at 89, I think plus Matt mm-hmm. Leo, who doesn't count. Uh, so they got oh, yeah. to cut four guys between now and then. Yes. And we should mention real quickly, they waived what? Like Caleb Wilson and, uh, and uh, who else? And Adrian, Adrian Killens. Killens. Yeah. So not surprise. A lot of people liked Adrian Killens last year and thought that he could be something because he's really mm-hmm. fast, but just no. afterthought this oh. year, sort of. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, who? Or well, wait, my, pl- play of the day still. Yeah. Play of the day. Okay. So my play of the day is also Hargrave. I think he mm. had possibly the fastest. Uh, sack of camp today um, okay. caused. Were you on the sideline in the like where in the direction of where Hertz fired the football? <laughs> so they blew it. They blew it dead, and Hertz just fired the ball like in anger. I was behind to him, the yeah. sideline. <laughs> uh, frustrated by the uh, very quick sack by Hargrave. Uh, so that's my play of the day. Okay, Hargrave forcing a quick sack. Typing that out. Uh, my. Didn't you know it was one of these practices again where there wasn't an obvious one? You're kind of just left from picking, at least for me, and picking. Uh, I thought Travis Holcomb had a really good catch over the middle. It was one of those. It was a good throw by Hertz, but like it was oh, thrown yeah, a little high. Went up high for it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, contested catch in traffic. I was on a comeback, I believe. I just I thought that was a really nice play. It wasn't anything super special, but it's kind of been a while since we've seen something for Tra- Travis Fulgham. Uh, didn't get a target even in the Eagles preseason game, so I will give him some love here. I was originally going to pick. 
uh, Hakeem Butler's contested catch that he made <laughs> <laughs> along the sideline, just so we could talk about how insane it is that, like, I'm pretty sure Hakeem Butler's only NFL snap, like, in his entire career, it, I'm no, pretty sure. Yeah, no, it is, for sure. No, I think it's going to be. Like, I don't oh, think he's ever oh, going ever. to play Got in it. an NFL okay. game. I think he's going to go down as his only snap in an NFL game was, like, extremely high leverage uh, fade situation in the goal line, fourth down, fourth and goal. Uh, I forget what the score was in the Eagles Giants game from last year at that time, but like it was a very pivotal play, and uh, just you know, some definitely. It was I've the biggest Doug- play of their season to that point. I, I yes, and I have defended Doug Peterson a lot, and I always will. Doug Peterson, by the way, recently hanging out at Colts camp with Carson Wentz and Frank Reich. Interesting, uh, but I, I mean, Doug, what, what are you doing, buddy? Like that was just <laughs> the most inconceivable. Like I just unconscionable is the way to put it we debated Uh, on the sideline what was the worst play call of the year last year and it's between that and uh the punt uh in overtime against the Bengals. uh jeff mcclain always uh uh complains about the the eagles comeback win against the giants because he like after that uh incompletion to hakeem butler he, he says he had written like uh like 850 words, just crushing Doug and that play call to Hakeem Butler. And the Eagles came back and won, which meant that mm-hmm. he had to sort of change his whole story. <laughs> wow. The t- so, typical like- <laughs> media, Jimmy, just being biased against the team. No, I'm just kidding, obviously. Uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, so my, my vote would be for the punt in overtime uh, against yeah. the Bengals. Uh, but, but, but the Hakeem Butler play is a very, very close second. If you're just taking like the play in a vacuum, it's the play. But if like, you're taking the context, I think you st- even even like I think you have to take. I mean, like it's literally the difference between potentially winning the game and not. Like that's that's what the punting was at that point. Like you try a yes. field goal or you try even a hail mary. Either one, you're you're like trying to win. You're doing yes. something that <laughs> gives you a non-zero percentage chance of winning the game punting gives you a zero like other than maybe you know like the punter like muffing or something yeah, but yeah, yeah but like incredibly like much it's much more likely <laughs> that you convert a field goal or a touchdown than it is the the punter muffs it. and then even if you muffs it you can't advance it you'd have to pick it up um but yeah well you I, need I, a field I goal it. if you recover it but uh yeah but, but i mean so, like then you could miss the field goal or something but what Whatever. was always funny to me about the hakeem butler play was like he was uncovered initially during that play. Like somebody, somebody on the jump, like a defensive back had to rush over and cover him before they got the snap off. And he did. Like, I guess he kind of got over there in time, but like Doug had a, Doug could have just blamed it on that. He could have just said, oh, well, he wasn't covered. So he threw to him. Um, <laughs> but he didn't. He said that they, they, they had that package in there for him, uh, for like a situation like that. And like that was like it was designed to go to him. So he had an easy out if he wanted to take it and he didn't, and he didn't take it, which, uh, also, uh, bad for by Doug to not take that opportunity to, to defend the, I mean, I guess he still after the game didn't realize that like how ridiculous of a play call it was. Any final thoughts for you, Jimmy, before? I we give a little preview of what's ahead. Uh, no, just let's just jump right into the preview. Okay, so the preview is the Eagles are off in the sense that they have a walkthrough on Sunday, August 15th. So there will be no practice notes, even though originally they were scheduled to practice. So that's a change if you looked at an old schedule that I may have put up on BGN or we talked about here. Uh, but they will be back, Jimmy, in full force on Monday, starting at 10 a.m., usual practice time for the Eagles in training camp against Bill Belichick, the team that the Eagles may, you, you may remember them from the Eagles beating them in Super Bowl 52 and some old friends on that roster, including Jalen Mills and Nelson Aguilar 
and probably some other players that I can't remember at the top of my head, but are like I think Devin that's Ross. Your, is, that's that's one of your brands too. I know Devin Ross. I think is still on the team, Jimmy. Uh, wide receiver camp body from several years ago. No one knows who that is. I don't even remember that name. Yep, Devin Ross, you shouldn't huh? because yeah. it was very, very incredibly short-lived. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, so that's what the Eagles have going on on Monday, and then they will practice again against the Patriots on Tuesday before having another walkthrough on Wednesday, and then the game at the link against the Patriots on Thursday. So what are you looking forward to the most? Uh, i kind of forgotten about the Mills and Aguilar angle, uh, so that'll be fun. I don't know. They're, they're, like Mills, Mills, I think, will age like well over time as far as like, you know, fans. Yeah, you've said that before. Uh, Aguilar, I don't know so much about that, but uh, mm. both guys, both guys helped them win a Super Bowl. Like Aguilar's best year by far was, uh, was 2017. Like he was, he was a factor during the regular season. He had like eight touchdowns, I think that year. And uh, what do you have? Like, like eight or nine catches in the Super Bowl, something like that. Yeah. A bunch of first downs. Uh, so he made plays. He helped them win a Super Bowl. So uh, yep. those guys both, in my opinion, should be remembered fondly. Uh, Aguilar is, you know, not as remembered as finally because he blew them some, he blew some games for them. And, uh, he was a, like, he, he looked like a certified bust, uh, after his first mm. two seasons in the league. But, uh, yeah, that'll be fun. And, um, you know, it'll like Cam Newton is a character. Uh, Mac Jones is another quarterback that, you know, the Eagles were never going to pick him in my opinion. Like he wasn't like really on the table for them, but he is a guy that did go sort of in the same neighborhood as, you know, where they were picking at 15, uh, and the Eagles needed a quarterback and he's a quarterback and he wound up with another team. So I don't know. Well, it'll be interesting to see what, what he can do. Uh, but yeah, as far as, you know, just, uh, you know, as you mentioned, you may remember them from the Super Bowl. Uh, so I wonder if uh, Bill Belichick will get any questions uh, about, you know, losing to the Eagles a few years ago. And I wonder if Josh McDaniels will be available to media. Ah, that's true. I hadn't him. thought of that, too. Yeah. yeah. The Eagles offered their head coaching job to him. Mm. Um, so there'll be some interesting angles for sure to get to. Akeem Spence is the other former Eagles player on the Patriots. Because that tackle. happened previously. Like, uh, I mean, Adam Gase had to talk because he was a head coach. But when the Eagles mm -hmm. had uh, joint practices with the Dolphins back in the day, uh, he got asked about uh, all about, you know, his interview process with the Eagles. Uh, actually, one of the funny, funny things that uh, I remember about joint practices previously, like about like other, you know, the other team and their interviews was um, Jay Cutler was getting peppered with questions about uh, Alshon Jeffrey, who at the yeah. time, like he had missed uh, like a bunch of practices. And uh, Jay Cutler was, was his like, first year with the team. <laughs> yes. And Jay Cutler was like, I don't know. He's hurt, right? What's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> like he thought we were crazy for uh, for asking uh, him questions about Alshon Jeffrey's injury or whatever. He's like, well, I don't know. He's hurt. Like he's not. He's hurt. He's not playing. What do you want? And I like I agreed with him, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. it was, he, he got a little taste of the Philly media. <laughs> I'm, that would have been an interesting uh, different timeline where Jay Cutler is an Eagles quarterback. Uh, yeah, interesting. Interesting in that not probably wouldn't have worked out well for him. Not that it worked out well otherwise. Anyway, uh, we're off on a tangent here. Jimmy, uh, you didn't have any final thoughts, and I guess I don't either, other than everyone go to RighteousFelon.com to get yourself some Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, the best dang meat snacks you can get. That's not even their phrase. I just keep saying that. Maybe I'm not allowed to use that because someone else uses that. But uh, that would be bad. But hopefully it's not. <laughs> and you know how you can support me if I have a lawsuit against me is, is, and Jimmy and the podcast here is you can go to rightsofselling.com and you can use discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Same discount code at wildnaturepet.com 
for the dogs treats the dogs treats that's what you want bgn 15 for 15 percent off jimmy you can follow on twitter at jimmy kemsky me you can follow on twitter at brandon gowton follow bleeding green nation on twitter at bleeding green follow bgn underscore radio on twitter there for bgn radio follow me on instagram why not jimmy not to flex here. I mean, you have way more Twitter followers than I do, but I have like sixty thousand, which is a decent number. But I don't, I don't even have a thousand on Instagram. Like, come on, get me to the at least one k on on the gram. So follow me on there at Brandon Gowton, and uh, check out Jimmy Kempsky's on work the gram. <laughs> on the gram uh, at phillywish.com. Check out my work, including the notes that accompany uh, this podcast at bleedinggreennation.com. We have more coverage coming your way, especially with these joint training camps practices coming up those will be a lot of fun so we'll be back here with you on monday goodbye everybody